podcast. Um, I don't even know where to start on this episode. Quarantine, I haven't really felt motivated to do this podcast. I've had spurts of motivation, but they come and go. However, there's a lot going on in this country, especially since the murder of George Floyd. So I came to Kyra and asked what she thought about doing an episode on race issues and everything else that's been going on. I had no doubt she would agree to do this, but I wanted to respect her wishes as a black woman. This episode is set up a little differently. I will be speaking first on things that I want to discuss and my opinions, then Kyra will be following on her thoughts. I'm going to start by speaking on something that happened locally in Tampa. Nocturnal Franco. Now for those of you who do not know this name, he is a business owner in Tampa. He owns Franklin Manor, Asteria Restaurant, Mole Abuela, Shibu Restaurant, and I believe he had a restaurant opening in St. Pete named La Pergola. He also has a real estate company. Now, comments were made by Franco on a post of protesters saying, just shoot them all. Franco said, just shoot them all to a video of protesters. If that's not enough, someone who personally knows and works with him made comments defending him. Now, I don't know who this person is, but he is a black male and I'm going to share some of the things this person said in Franco's defense that did not sit well with me. Disclaimer though, this person has recognized their wrong in defending him and understands why he was wrong. I'm not sharing this in any way to out this person I just want to share how saying certain things are not justifiable. Some of the things this person said was, oh, he's actually not racist. He hires a lot of black staff. He has a very large amount of black staff in his restaurants and bars. Well, guess what? So do a lot of corporations and small businesses and government agencies, including law enforcement. There's a whole lot of black people employed by racists. Oh wait, did we forget about slaves? Cause they weren't even employed, they were property. Franco later said he's not just talking about shooting black people. He means he is okay with shooting all races that harm his business. Really? You value buildings over people? The race that he wants to shoot or the races that he's okay with shooting are all supporting the black race right now. So whose side are you on? This person also said, oh, he was speaking from a business perspective. Well, from a business perspective, he should have known better before saying something like that. From a better business perspective, you should be with the people. The people that come to your establishments, especially. Everything can be rebuilt. 
but a black life cannot. This situation is like Amy Cooper and all the other racist people saying and doing whatever they fucking want, then crying about it when they get exposed doing it. And it's not because they genuinely care, but because they lost what is important to them. He said what he said with his chest out, and some things cannot be reversed. And as if that wasn't enough, to top it all off, there have been a group of women speaking out on the sexual harassment and drugging they experienced by Nocturnal Franco. I really hope all the women coming out with this information come together and take action against him. I also have a feeling that there's more people that will be exposed during this process and honestly, I'm here for it. Expose them all. I want to briefly discuss people speaking and saying that there are good cops out there. We all know this. We may even know some. But it is clear there needs to be a change with how the system handles things, specifically with black men and women. I recently quit my job, if some of you guys may know that, but that's not a privilege that a lot of people have. And yes, the good cops can drop their badge and take another course of action, but that is easier said than done. Think about how many people you know that hate their job but still clock in every day. See, the thing about this is I believe the good cops may not feel comfortable standing up to their peers in fear of losing their job, which results in their fear of not being able to provide for their family. And ultimately, each and every one of us believe our family are going to do things to, for our family first. They're probably just as scared as we are, and as sad as it is, it's the fear that keeps them there. By no means am I defending the institution of the police system because I do believe it. Look, the people that are going to be blatantly racist to black faces are just the tip of the iceberg. The racist people that speak about you behind closed doors are the ones that are the biggest issue, and it's time to call them out. It seems like there's more of these racists than the blatant racists. The people that say, oh, I don't see color, or I have black friends, or all lives matter, or my child is black, or any form of those phrases, I just feel like those people don't understand the fight. I had a brief discussion with my black friend on understanding the black experience in America. He has a young daughter who is half black and half white. We were talking and he said to me, there were certain things his daughter's mom did not understand about teaching their daughter that he felt she needs to learn from his family, specifically the black women in his family. I asked for an example just to see if I would understand. And just for giving a sake of an example, he gave a very simple one, which was always take a receipt when you leave the store so you have proof you bought something. Now, when I go somewhere quick like the gas station, I don't usually take a receipt. But him giving that example, 
I didn't have to ask why. I simply understood it. I told him it's not that his daughter's mom is incapable of understanding. She does not want to. Yes, it should not have to be this way, but it is. I will never ever experience being a black man or woman, but I can definitely understand and teach a child when the time comes for me to help raise a black child, whether that child is my own or family or a friend. People can learn and people can understand, but only if they want. Now, I'm seeing a lot of social media posts saying that if you can post all you want, but the real change is made with the people in your house. And I couldn't agree more. Growing up, I never understood why my parents and friends' parents were racist. I still don't understand it. I also believe racism is taught. I say this because although my parents have those views and have made racist comments, I do not share those views because they were not taught to me. Recently, I shared a video with my parents of a woman talking about racism in their native language. She put it in very simple terms in a way that they can understand. I opened the conversation with them, which is something that I've never done in the past when a black life has been taken. Part of this has to do with my personal growth and my newfound ability to stand up to my parents and not allow their views to be the only views that are heard in the house. My parents are still a work in progress, but what I love about my generation, my family friends that I grew up with, is their ability to recognize the fight for black lives. A lot of our parents most likely share the same views, but we do not. We know there is an issue, and as we've grown personally, we are able to have more conflicting conversations with our parents and support each other. I'm proud to say I have a solid group of close friends and family that have not let up on the issue, have been continuously posting, raising awareness, signing petitions, donating, and sharing resources. This is something that I have seen across social media and all other races as well. We are not letting up. <clears throat> that being said, I would like to highlight a few black owned businesses and services in the Tampa area. I do understand that we have, sorry, the black community has allies. However, this fight is for the black people and we will highlight them as such in this episode. First is Road to Fitness B. Angelini. She provides personal training and group fitness classes, both of which can be done completely online, and she is extremely reasonably, reasonably priced. Kyra and I have personally worked with her. She's actually Kyra's best friend, and um, honestly, that doesn't even matter because she's just amazing. Like, even if she wasn't Kyra's best friend, who cares? She is absolutely amazing to work with. And I couldn't have had a better experience working with her um, and getting the getting to the goals that I needed to get to. Next is 
Hey, the realtor, he is a realtor. He works with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. He is licensed in Florida, and um, I believe he is primarily working in Tampa. The next person is also a real estate agent. Move with Daryl. He primarily works in the Lakeland area and he's actually very involved in the Lakeland community. So if anyone needs services out there, you can definitely reach out to him. The next business is Slappy O Mama Food Truck. Go to their Instagram. Their food looks amazing. I have not been there yet, but I know everybody that has been there has sworn by it. It, it just looks so good. Next is our graphic designer that did our logo. Um, their at name is Paint X Trappin LLC. Um, she's very talented. I enjoyed working with her. She definitely understood the vision that Kyra and I had for the podcast. So we really appreciate her work. The last on my list is Yaman Tampa. Um, this is a Caribbean restaurant. The food is absolutely amazing. The owner is so welcoming. I've only been there a handful of times and he always remembers me. So it's nice to go to places where the food and energy is positive. We will also be listing a resources. Sorry. We will also be providing a list of resources if you want to help donate or sign petitions. Um, there's a lot of petitions going around. There's a lot of donation sites going around. This is not just for George Floyd. This is for Breonna Taylor and, and Ahmaud Arbery. Um, I mean, the list of Black Lives Lost is endless and this is why the fight continues. This is definitely a marathon. There's no end to this until these lives have justice. Kyra, I'm proud to share this podcast with you as a co-host, and I thank you for always being caring, understanding, and empathetic. Thank you for allowing this episode to happen and allowing me to share my perspective as a non-black person of color. It breaks my heart to see black children protesting and having their innocence ripped away at such a young age due to systematic racism. Black men and women are the most resilient people in the world, but that does not mean their resilience should be tested. Black lives should be valued because black lives matter. Hi, everyone, and thank you for listening to the Unlikely Duo podcast. First, I would like to start by expressing my condolences to the family of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. I express my condolences to every other life lost due to America's systematic racism. Richa, thank you for those kind words. Thank you for finding the courage to stand up to your parents because my life matters. My father's life matters. My mom and my sister and every other black person's life, regardless of their background, criminal record, education or lack thereof matters. I'm going to start um, by doing my segment down in the DM 
to highlight the positives that have come from such a disgusting act in the disgusting American history. So for starters, though I'm extremely unwaveringly vocal about the plight of my people, that does not mean that I hate any other people. I hate the American system and I hate what those who take advantage of this disgusting system has done to my people. With that being said, I just want to talk about two DMs that I received. So the first DM came from a white woman that um, used to be a co-worker of mine and is now a really good friend. We experienced, I mean, we just worked in a very tough environment and she always got it. She's always been an ally. She's always just rolled for black people. So the DM says, hey girl, so I've been thinking a lot about this for the past day or so. One of my white friends DM'd me and said I was insensitive for reposting your pro your post about the lynching police comparison, so I took it down. I know that you know it came from the right place, but I'm wondering if you thought it was out of line for me to repost. These are awkward conversations, but I don't want to just take what my white friend said and roll with it. And I think now's the time to have these awkward conversations. I don't know. Just thought I'd see what your opinion is. And I said, girl, no, how was it insensitive? I'll show you what she said. It came from a good place, but I'm like, hmm. And I said, don't allow your white friends to tell you what we feel. So I don't know where white people are taking up this class on how to not be racist, but I am so tired of hearing them just regurgitate the phrase, it is not black people's um, job to educate you. It is not their burden to do that. I mean, and I get where that's coming from. But first of all, clearly some white people have still have learned nothing because they they still haven't went and educated themselves to give an answer to another white person. But instead, they just regurgitate that answer as if that's what's safe to say. And I'm going to say this for black people. And I hate that. Do not speak on behalf of black people if you are a white person. I do not think that it is appropriate um, just don't do it. What you need to do is say it is fucked up and Black Lives Matter and here's why. But you do not need to speak on behalf of black people. It's not appropriate. So this is what her friend said. Hey, girl, I've seen a lot about how white people reposting photos of lynchings and black bodies is intended to hit home for fellow white people. But it's actually really harmful for black and POC friends who also have to witness it. Obviously, black people posting it have every right to do so, but I worry about us so contributing to spectacle. Us also contributing. I don't know what she was trying to say. Just something to think about. Love you. She said, this is what I could see of her response. True didn't really think of it that way, and which is exactly why I don't really post anything, but also people are virtually signaling all over the effing place and then virtual signaling is like a thing too i don't know what all them phrases mean and all these definitions and where white people are going to learn how to not be racist or whatever all i know is stop speaking for black people and then i also say thank you to white people who just know this shit is fucked up and are on a rampage like everyone else and that's in in posting whatever it is to get your white counterparts' attention i take no offense to her posting it or anything like that. So this was the rest of the conversation. She said, yes, girl, that's kind of how I felt because I was like, I was reposting. I'm going to stop second guessing myself if it comes from the right place. I don't know. These are important conversations for me, to be honest. And I said, I keep seeing white people trying to speak for us. It's so unproductive. Yes, it is. All the virtue signaling makes me dizzy. Me and this girl was in the trenches together trying to teach black kids 
and it was it was hard as fuck for both of us. I'm black. I was I'm in the trenches with my students and they was off the chain with me. She's a white lady. Just imagine how they were with her, but she never gave up on them. We was in that shit together. So first of all, if you sitting at home with your damn Starbucks and you just watching YouTube videos on what to say and what not to say, shut the hell up and let people who've been in the trenches and who are true allies do whatever the hell they're going to do. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Because if you just posting a hashtag Black Lives Matter and you think you don't really fucking rock the world and it's other people that screaming, no, it's been a 400 fucking years of this shit. Y'all fucking looted them. Y'all stole them from their own fucking country. You brought them here. You hung them. You burned them. You beat them. You did all this shit. It's fucked up. That was 100 years ago. And now a week ago, y'all still killing them just like that. Shut the fuck up. If you don't have the guts to say that, then you don't have the guts to say that. But please stop talking for black people. All right. That's all I'm going to say. And thank you again to all of the allies in this fight. And I do get where some of my black peers feel like, no, it's not our job to educate them. And if, and if a black person feels that way, then that's fine. But all I'm saying is white, white people stop speaking for us. But anyway, I'm just happy that we get into a point where people who are not black are like, this shit is insane. How can I help? So now I got another DM from a white um, former coworker, and he is like, he's the poster boy for white privilege just by looking at him. I don't know much about his background and his life, but I'm just saying in America, he would be the poster boy to have some sort of privilege because he's a white male and, you know, he just fits the bill um, physically. So he sent a DM. He said, hi. Hi, Kyra. I hope all is well with you in light of what is going on in the world. Like most that I know, I am saddened by the death of George Floyd. In some ways, it is hard for me to believe it has come to this. In other ways, it isn't. Truthfully, I don't have a lot of black friends and I wanted to get your perspective. You able to chat? And I said, hi, I love to talk. Thanks for reaching out. And so he sent like a long thing. He probably just was, um, you know, just thinking about all these things. So it was kind of like he had his thoughts written down what he wanted to ask. He said, first, I feel a certain way about this. And I know if I feel this way, what you are feeling is amplified times 10. I can't imagine. And it makes me sick to my stomach. And I do. And the reason that I'm reading these DMs and I'm expressing these things is because in my opinion, these two individuals were extremely genuine. We're not talking about people who want to minimize our experience in this country and ask dumbass questions. No, these are people who genuinely see that there is a problem in America and they want to know how they can fix it, or they at least want to understand why we feel the way we feel. So let me get back to it. He said, when I go on social media, all I see are posts that divide us further. White people telling white people how they should feel. Black people telling black people. White people telling black people and black people telling white people. But maybe you don't see it that way. How in your mind can a man, can a white male with privilege be an advocate for the Black Lives Matter movement? A movement in my mind that our society needs. How do you do it in a way that isn't patronizing or acting as a white savior? In this very act in reaching out to you, is this very act in reaching out to you an example of the problem and I need to shut up? So that was his, that was one question. And then he said, I have an opinion on the looting and rioting that you may disagree with, but I must share. In my opinion, the looting and rioting is at the bottom of the list when it comes to ways you can effectively advocate. In many ways, it gives the oppressors a 
oppressors a platform to drive away from the conversation we should be having in the first place. You may share a different perspective here and I would like to hear it. And of course, the oppressors are going to always deflect and talk about the wrong shit. The oppressors are always going to say, oh, they animals, they're out there looting and rioting and tearing up our community. Instead of saying the reason they are out there rioting and tearing up the community is because a white man just killed another black man. So the oppressors are always going to deflect. And in my opinion, I don't give a damn. We going to bring them back to the issue at at hand. And and furthermore, we not even going to engage with people like that. I'm done I'm done convincing anybody that there is an issue in this country. At this point, I'm all about action. Now, I'll it it just depends, but for the most part, I'm done convincing somebody of any damn thing. If you can't look with your eyes and see that every other month we are protesting somebody else, another hashtag and another name, then that's your damn problem. At that point, I'm past that. We on to some whole other shit. But anyway, the only thing we can do, this is the last part of his first um text. The only thing we can do and control is our actions from this day forward. The 400-year history is despicable, impermissible, and embarrassing. But what is the alternative? What is the end goal with the writing? Or maybe that is the end goal, to some, to get someone like me reaching out to you. And so my response, thanks for asking these questions. First, I need to thank you for expressing and acknowledging that there is a problem here. Second, I want you to get rid of the thought that it makes you a white savior. I actually kind of hate that term and only use it when attempting to prove points to other people who use it. I mean, I believe in white savior complex and, you know, people who just trying to do shit for clout or something like that. But in this situation, I don't feel that that's what he was doing. I don't believe that it's wrong to reach out and ask questions and become an ally. I don't believe that you're wrong for asking as opposed to educating yourself. And I really can't stand that idea. So ignore the white people who try to speak for us and tell you that just and tell you that and just respect the black people who say that. So what I was getting to was. Ignore white people who tell you anything about how the fuck I feel. But second, if you were to reach out to another black woman or male and he or she told you, don't fucking ask me that. It's your job to educate yourself. Respect where they are in their journey on this road to freedom. Because all of, I mean, all of us don't want to fucking hear shit from certain people. All of us are affected in different ways. So in being an ally, it is his responsibility to respect whatever answer he gets luckily he just happened to roll up on me and I don't mind educating because at the end of the day black and white people and black people know this white people might not understand this but black and white people live in two very different worlds so if this is a white man with privilege who could do the bare minimum probably nothing at all and life just happens for him how in the fuck is he going to understand that I worked hard as hell I got a doctorate and not saying that he don't, but we apply for the same job. He get the shit and get paid more than me, and I don't get the job. How am I supposed to understand that? How is he supposed to know that shit work like that unless someone tells him? Y'all have to understand that these people have 20 and 30 years of just being privileged with and looking and with blinders on. So I don't mind educating a motherfucker in the process because that's the only way they're going to wake up. Now, if they're trying to be ignorant and act like they don't know what time it is, then that's different. So that's just my opinion on educating people. So this is still continuing my response. And yes, social media is a circus. Everybody is trying to be heard and send a message, me included. 
But the bottom line is, for 400 years, my ancestors, grandparents, parents, peers, and myself have been treated inhumanely. That is the only way to put it. We have been treated like garbage. The looting and rioting, in my opinion, is almost the only answer. We've been lied to. Peaceful protests do the bare minimum. If not, we wouldn't still be doing this in 2020. So some of the shit that we're seeing now. So we marching and we protesting and now we even starting to burn shit down and now they oh we gonna name a street black lives matter oh no y'all have to wear body cams if you're not gonna wear it you gotta give it up oh no the chokehold is inappropriate we not allowing that no more what the fuck you know what i'm saying why does it take my people been fighting for they got their freedom for 400 years you mean to tell me from the 1800s to 2020 now we gonna decide to outlaw fucking choking see this is the reason why the looting and rioting and shit is necessary. Okay, so then I sent him a link that said nine times riots change created real change in American history. So now I'm about to show you how white folks can riot because they don't want to fucking pay the taxes on the stamp. And now all of a sudden shit is changed. You know what I'm saying? Are we rioting because we're tired of fucking dying? So y'all can riot for these minuscule ass reasons and change can be brought upon this country. But if we riot, then we in the damn wrong. Not saying that that's how he felt, but I'm just showing how nobody needs to act like rioting and looting is some strange ass shit that no one should do when American history has straight up been changed because of looting and rioting and shit by white people. It seems like the only way to get a response in this country is to do something crazy. And at this point, when we continue to be killed, marching and protesting is just bullshit and clearly unmoving to the powers that be. There are peaceful protests that could work. But they'll take time and we're desperate. My dad could be a hashtag tomorrow. So, for instance, there's a lot of peaceful protests that could work, such as snatching our fucking money out of this economy. Stop allowing our black boys to play at these um, predominantly white institutions that don't care about them, but are making money off their black backs. That's the kind of shit that can change this country. But that's going to take time. That's going to take buy-in. And we desperate. Burn this shit down. As a white male, you can help by speaking up for us. I know the kind of black... I don't know the kind of backlash you'll receive, but in private spaces, when it's just you and friends, you can express how wrong systematic oppression is. You can sign petitions and vote for candidates who actually have a platform and plan to curb systematic oppression. I won't ask you to go march or protest, but supporting black businesses, even if it's in silence, helpful too. Is helpful too. We need resources and black owners, businesses provide resources for us. So I'm not going to go tell anyone that they need to be out protesting. There is power in numbers and the protests are important. However, I'm not going to suggest that somebody go out and protest simply because the police continue to prove the reason in which we're fighting in the first place, that they are violent as hell. And they are, you know, they're pushing the elderly. They spraying tear gas. They running through crowds. They just acting like fucking fools. And that's just not, nobody don't want to be faced with that shit. We already fucking fighting that. And I'm just, and I'm not saying that you don't go protest. I'm just saying, I'm not going to go tell him to protest. I don't know what his fear level is or nothing like that. So that just wasn't my recommendation for him. I said, with writing, it's like this. Burn all this shit down and then maybe the people whose stuff was harmed will start shouting from the rooftops to stop killing them because they're tearing up our shit now. You know what I'm saying? At this point, we desperate. It's ridiculous. It's like, if the black life isn't a reason to help, let's give you a reason to help. If the entire country is saying, leave them alone, eventually the powers that be have to start listening. But if it's just us and a sprinkle of others, it'll be another 400 years of this. We have to wreak havoc. We try everything else. And and so I was just like, so that's my spiel. What are your thoughts? 
And so he responded, thank you for sharing thoughtfully. It can be tough conversation to have. I hear you on the looting and rioting. I definitely see what you are saying. In fact, you are already seeing some response already, such as Robert E. Lee's statue being torn down in Virginia. So I think I was wrong, LOL. On the riots after Martin Luther King's death, do you think that helped advance us? Though being that we still have these problems today. And then he was also wondering about some other um, um, Confederate-like issues. So he said, also, I was wondering about your thoughts on a school named after a Confederate um, leader. It was baffling to me that that school is 80% black, would still be named after a Confederate leader in 2020. Once I got there, I felt there were bigger issues with my time, so I didn't ever really ask about it. But I just think it's such BS, and I wouldn't mind all these Confederate name buildings and statues be burnt down. The argument I know is it's part of our history, but to me, it's a shitty history as that divided us further, and it belongs in the history book. Maybe you share a different perspective. So um, I sent him a screenshot um, that the Minneapolis police bans chokeholds and will now require officers to intervene against unauthorized use of force. What? Burn shit down for stuff like this to be happened. When Eric Garner was choked and lost his life, that shit should have been outlawed then. It should have been outlawed a million times at this point for police officers to stop using deadly ass force for no fucking reason. But no, we don't get them changes because we, we hell, we marched for Eric Garner. But we don't get them changes until we show our ass. And, uh, and allegedly, that's the only way to get any sort of change in America. So I went on to say, think about how many black people have been killed by the cops and only now has a chokehold been banned. It's sad that this is what it takes and that's not on us. That's on the powers that be. But as far as whether or not the writing helped, because we are still on this journey, it helped. It passed laws that made discrimination illegal. But of course, racism in this country is so deeply rooted that now discrimination is only systematic. Well, I didn't mean to say only systematic, but that racism is still systematic and not extremely blatant unless, example, police brutality. So, yes, there are documents and there are statutes that say you can't um, you can't discriminate on me based on my race. But who the where the fuck are the checks and balances? It's still happening. Um, and so we wrapped up our conversation from there. Change is coming from these acts that we're doing. We rather pay the price now so that our children and our children's children and their children are able to exist in this country without having to keep fucking fighting and protesting. No, it's not going to happen overnight, but the point is we just got to get the shit done. We got to keep fighting. Um, and at first I felt like this, our fight at this point, we're going to have to take our freedom and it, it, fuck that ally shit. It ain't necessary. At this point, we do need allies. We do need big companies we do need um wealthy people we do need and um celebrities we just we need people in houses and in high places and in and governmental systems and federal systems to be speaking up and saying this shit is not okay i'll withdraw funding i'll do all these things if you guys do not stop killing black people at this point it's, it takes it's gonna take the whole village we can't just do this shit by ourselves and if we do then it's going to be on some other shit. So we definitely need allies. And so I, I changed my mind on the fact that this is our fight and we tired of waiting on the white man. So anyway, in wrapping this up, I just want to express my sincere love for all the allies in this fight. Thank you for using your privilege to shield my people and for risking your privilege to do what's right. I thank you for seeing now that this system is broken and that this shit just ain't right. I urge you to continue to educate yourselves and continue to speak up. Shut down every sorry ass Ken or Kevin that you come across. So 
White people, when your friend is about to Ken, when your friend is about to Karen, check their ass and make sure that them black people get home to their family safe. Fuck all that. We not all of that complaining because the child is riding a bike on the sidewalk or um, what, whatever the fuck that Ken and Kevin's are going to use to attempt to murder. I'm asking y'all that y'all shut their asses down, period. And to my people, burn this shit down until victory is won. We are strong people. We are resilient people. We are smart and resourceful. Let's continue to leverage the movement that's happening in the world today. Let's keep the fire burning relentlessly for the generations of black folk to come. So that concludes our third episode of the Unlikely Duo podcast. We hate that this episode had to come to you guys this way. We have so many episodes recorded and so many ideas, but with quarantine, we took a small break and then we started again, but it just was not appropriate to release any of the episodes prior to addressing what's happening in this um, country. And I just want to thank everybody in their respectful places on this fight that is, whether it is praying, marching, looting, rioting, burning shit down, um, educating their non-black peers, family, friends, anybody that is on this journey to the freedom of my people. I wholeheartedly 